0: Oh, i just lost my train of thought hang on one second um i hate when that happens good god um, <laughs> beeswob and rock episode 103 What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am bringing you tremendous stories from business women all over the world in all sorts of different industries so they can talk about their business journey so yours can be inspired by it. Super thrilled to bring you my guest today. Her name is Susan Peterson and she's the founder of a company called Freshly Picked. When her son was just a baby, she could not find shoes that would fit his feet nor stay on his feet, so she started making her own leather moccasins. It is something that has completely blown up. She was featured on Shark Tank and now her company is projected to hit $5 million in revenue. This is such a great conversation because Susan really goes in-depth with us about what kind of sweat equity it really took to start her company and get it off the ground. And she gives so many great tips about behind the scenes of what it's taken to grow her company to this level. She is absolutely wonderful. So let's get going. What's going on, Susan? Thanks so much for being on the call with me today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm very, very excited. Um, I got to tell you that I absolutely love your moccasins. They are so adorable. And um, as I was doing more and more research about you, I just really fell in love with your story, your whole entrepreneurial story. I thought it it was just truly amazing. So um, I want to kind of get a little bit of a background as to maybe what you were doing right before you started Freshly Picked and what gave you the idea to really start the company?
1: So I was I was stay at home mom basically I was uh but I had been for a couple of years sewing and selling my wares on Etsy so I've been making bags and blankets and embellished onesies and wallets that type of thing I was always in soft goods and then when my son was born in 2009 um I was trying to find like a cute moccasin that wasn't embellished that had like a good design. And um, I couldn't find any anywhere. And so I decided to try my hand at making them. And that's kind of where I got started.
0: Wow, that's very cool. So tell us about like the first couple of, let's even say months or even up to a year in your business. Like, you know, there's a point at which you created something and then people you kind of realize that people actually really wanted them. Like what was that time period like for you?
1: I mean, I I was doing horrible at first. Like I was awful at all of it. Um, <laughs> I was. Not, I mean, the design was okay. It was like in a good direction. Um, I wasn't good at pricing. I priced them way too low. I wasn't even making any money at first. Um, but people were buying, and uh, it, it it was that little bit. to get as like an entrepreneur. Sometimes you feel like you're lonely and you're. Like, sure, you have friends online or people that you can talk to online, but you're kind of just adventuring out into this, like, place that no one's ever been before. And so when someone buys your product or when you receive good feedback, it's kind of like, a, a yeah, you're going in the right direction, like, keep going kind of thing, you know? Right. And so people were buying, and then I raised my prices, And then I changed my design, and people got kept buying, and then I raised my prices again, and I changed the design again, and then more people bought. So it was, like, continually, like, this, like, keep going, keep going, you're going in the right direction um, feedback that I was getting from just people purchasing, you know, their buying habits.
0: I really like that. How were you selling the products right at first? Like, were you, were you doing it via Etsy again? Or had you built like your own website and a a way for people to be able to actually purchase through there?
1: So when I started selling the product, when I started selling my moccasins, I opened a big cartel shop. Um, I kind of wanted to get off of Etsy. Etsy is great for what it's for. But um, I, I had a couple of things that I just decided to go on to the cartel. And Cartel um, almost like a great stopgap um, between, between, you know, Etsy and building your own website. Because building your own website is extremely expensive. There's so many bugs that come along with it. It's just kind of a headache. And there's, there's a lot of shopping carts um, besides Etsy. Etsy is great, again, for what it is. Um, that but there's a lot of other shopping carts that are really great. Currently, we we still have built our own website. We're we're on Shopify now.
0: Okay, got it. What are the major benefits of Shopify? And and I want to ask this because you know for anyone listening who wants to be able to actually sell a product on their website, I have been amazed at how easy it actually can be through Shopify. So how like what are some of the elements on there that make it super easy for you?
1: Um. So there's a really good mobile um, mobile feature so you can make your site mobile-friendly with basically like the click of a button. And that's been really good to for us because we found that like 60% of our traffic is mobile or tablet. Oh,
0: wow. Um,
1: and then it's so like literally within hours you can have a site up and running. You can be accepting orders, taking money, um, shipping orders through that. They have all these back-end apps. Shopify has an open API um, which basically means that um, there are third parties that can create, like, an awesome app that will, like, seamlessly sync with Shopify. So we, we used to use, like, a feature called ShipStation, and that allows you to, like, download all of your orders, put them all into this, like, system, then it prints them all. So you'd have, like, labels instead of having to print each order individually. Um, There's also like some inventory trackers on there, Uh, there's like a banking, there's some banking features. Um, So there's like so many awesome things that like, as an entrepreneur, and I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but you kind of are like everything and nothing at the same time (laughs) but like you have to be your own accountant you have to be the one that you're you're like distributor you have to be your inventory tracker and that's like four jobs wrapped up into one and because of the apps on Shopify's back end you're able to like basically outsource those things and have them super streamlined
0: well let's let's go with that exact like feeling of having to wear all the hats and go back into the very beginning how like uh-huh. as you were doing all of this and kind of figuring it out like what was that like what was your life like in that moment of you know all these orders are coming in you're the one actually like making and sewing the shoes and then i'm sure like boxing them up and sending them out like what? how did you manage that whole flow of everything in the in the beginning very poorly
1: <laughs> it's not easy i mean i had two young kids at home my th- or my husband was working still full time and um, I was staying up to like three, four in the morning every night and then getting up at like eight with my kids when my husband went to work and being a mom and then during nap time I would like frantically clean the house and then get to- some orders out and then I put them to bed at like seven and I'd work for like another seven, eight hours after they'd gone to bed every night I was doing that. Um, and I can remember very distinctly starting to kind of feel like I was going crazy and then starting to feel like my life was spiraling. And then I started to have panic attacks, which are, which before I had a panic attack, I thought they were something that people made up. Like, like some, like people were just being dramatic, like, Oh my gosh, I was so stressed out. I had a panic attack and I was like, Oh gosh, get over it. You know? <laughs> and then I had one and I realized, Holy cow, it's a life or death situation. Like, this is real,
0: wow. you know? So what and, What actually um, happened to, like, get you out of that?
1: So I have a really good friend at the time. Well, he's still a really good friend. But he told me to read a book called The e by Michael Gerber. And, I mean, I'm sure all of your audience has read it. But it's a really, really good book that walks you through hiring your first employees and explains to you why you have to. Essentially, because it's it's so hard. You're like, no one's gonna do this as good as me. I can't give over control. If I if I let this go, then I'm not gonna be able I won't I won't know what's going on in the company, you know? Um and every entrepreneur feels that way. There's not anyone I've talked to who doesn't feel that way. And so he walks you through how you're supposed to do it. So I took stock of what I was doing and I decided that the thing that was giving me the biggest headache was actually selling the moccasins. And I thought, if I can find someone to sew, or in fact, I said this to myself, if I can find someone to sew, then I can still ship and I can still answer emails and I can still QC the moccasins and I can kind of be, I can, I can still have control over it, you know? And I put out an ad in, just on our local classified site and uh, this girl answered, her name's Angie, and she was a godsend. Seriously, she was, she saved my life at the time. And she'd been sewing for 20, 30 years. And I was like, okay, you have to sew at my house. And bless her heart, she was so sweet. She did everything to make me feel comfortable with her taking that over. And not only that, like, she did such a good job. She helped me, like, fine-tune the pattern. She helped me, like, streamline a lot of stuff. And she actually is still with me today. Wow. She still works for
0: me. That's really incredible because I think it takes somebody really special to work for a startup company or like just a small business in general. Like it really takes a very special person who's willing to be very flexible, who's willing to themselves wear multiple hats. So that's incredible.
1: Yeah. she's She's been, she's amazing. And we, I can remember like the first winter she started, she started in like September and we were like, her and I sat down, we wrote goals, and we we're like, okay, if we can sell 200 pairs of moccasins in the holiday season, that's going to get us through the year, it'll get us into the first quarter, and we did it. And I think, you know, like, we wrote that goal down, we did it, it was so awesome, like, we had such a great holiday season because of it, we worked our butts off, but now, like, we do that in the course of two days. Wow. Like, <laughs>
0: holy cow so obviously business has grown (laughs) we're gonna and we're gonna really get into all of this stuff because you um you know you went from being able to sew 200 that would get you through you know the first quarter and just continued to build and build and build um i guess what i want to ask is like what were some of those major i guess transitional moments that you have had That really enabled you to kind of, I almost envision this as like, I can now step up one step higher and breathe a little bit more because I'm not as inside the muck as, you know, I was a year ago or what have you. So like, what were some of those moments that, or things that you did that enabled you to kind of like go one further step up and really breathe?
1: So not like. Yeah, I mean the air is thinner the higher you go, so you can't breathe better.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. I've never heard that before.
1: Well, uh, it's just, I mean, you you're 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 weighed down by like all these responsibilities. Because like in the beginning, when I started my business, it was like I'm and it my focus is still the same, but it was to provide for my family always. That's always been my focus, and it it will always be my focus. But now. Um, my husband has quit his job, so he's a full-time stay-at-home dad, you know, so I'm really providing for my family. And additionally, like, I have 11 employees who have families. And then we have four, um, fat, like, manufacturers that we use across the United States who are providing for those people's families. And then we have a distribution center we're providing for those families. So it's just like, I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, but at the same time, it's like,
0: sleep is hard. Right. <laughs> That much it's more like, responsibility.
1: That much more responsibility. So so how you take those steps is like at first is basically just like dumb luck. Like I used to say, oh, my gosh, I fell ass backwards into all this. Um, <laughs> and that's true. But I've always been like a super hard worker. Like I'm a really hard worker. And I think that that has been able to like get me through a lot of the dumb things that I've done. But uh, it's just – we sit down. So in January, we sit down and we write our annual forecast, which is basically there's like a wish, like a wish and a hope forecast, and that's and then we write like a like a good forecast, which is that what we actually like do a lot of our manufacturing off of. Um, and our wish and our hope forecast is what I set my goals off of. And what usually happens, or what's happened like the last six quarters. Is the my manual, like my operations department has had to reforecast to match my wish and hope forecast? So we have our annual forecast, and which is right, what I write my like annual goals off of. And then I have quarterly goals, and then I have monthly goals, and then I have weekly goals, and then I have daily goals. So that's how you get to like that next step, is by like breaking everything that you want to do in that year down to what you need to do today to get it accomplished.
0: I love that. And that's very practical. Thank you for sharing that. Um, You know, I want to move into where you were when you went on to Shark Tank, actually, because you had been growing your business and, you know, you said that you kind of got a slow start, but once you caught momentum, you caught major momentum. So you went on to Shark Tank and, you know, you ended up telling them that just within that that particular year, your sales were already at 500,000 for the year and they were blown away by it. Um, Talk a little bit about what your experience was during your time on shark tank. Like what were you experiencing? Like as you know, every single person was really interacting with you.
1: Um, it was so fun. (laughs) It was really just like a fun time. They were super nice. I mean, Granted, I went out there, and we've all seen that person go on Shark Tank where you think to yourself, Don't do it. Like, (laughs) you're going to. And that could really be anyone because it's reality television, and so it could go either way, you know? So I was terrified going into it. I was terrified when I was out there. I was terrified waiting. It's like a lot of hurry up and wait, too, because it's live television. It's like, okay, hurry, you got to go get your makeup done right now, and then you get your makeup done, and then you wait for two hours before they take you to the next step. So it's a lot of that. So by the time you finally get out there, your nerves are frayed, you're tired, you're hungry, you're emotional, you know, all of it. And then you do your pitch where you kind of don't get a lot back from them in that. And then they start talking, and that's when you get a feel for how they feel about you. And as soon as they started talking, I realized, okay, this is going to go good. I can breathe easy. And then I was able to kind of just relax and have a really fun time. And it was just so fun. Like, all those entrepreneurs that are on there, none of them had that handed to them. You know what I mean? Like, they all yeah. worked really hard for it. So they respect the hustle, and they respect where you've been. Um, and they see where you're going, and they they usually have like a pretty good feel for what's going on, and so it's like a really fun. It's 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 fun. I had a great time.
0: Well, Mark Cuban even kind of made a a point to really congratulate you about what a great beginner entrepreneurial story that you did have, and how much hustle you did have. So you definitely made an impression. Now. You ended up um, doing a deal on the show with Damon Johns, and, um, you know, I want to talk about you ended up doing the deal for 125000 for 25%, and I really want to know what happened like right afterwards, because I know that there's a lot of due diligence that has to happen, but what, what happened that we don't see once we turn off the show?
1: Um, it's exactly that. It's a lot of due diligence, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails. Um, we went out and visited with him in New York, um, and it's, it's basically like kind of trying to help you figure out what the next steps are for your business. Um, they want to see your forecast. They want to see what you're planning on doing that year. Um, but all your due diligence usually fill out before, like we had a due diligence package that we had to fill out before. So it was just, and they had one too. So it was both of us going over those due diligence packages. And then, um, and then what happened with us was, uh, we both worked really hard to like try to get the deal closed.
0: And in the end,
1: um, both him and I both decided that it just wasn't a good fit for both of us. And so we both decided to walk away from it. And, um, it wasn't, it, a lot of people were like, oh, that must have been awful. And it wasn't because, um, it would, I'm, I'm grateful that he, that he was willing to just walk away from it and not fight for it because it's actually better for me that way. And he has reached out to me every month to see how I'm doing, if I need anything, do I need new relationships, can he help me in any way? So he's been like a really, really good person to have in my corner. And even though we didn't close the deal, he's done that just on his own.
0: Wow, that's pretty amazing. Did, Did you see the direct effects from the publicity of being on Shark Tank right away? Um, yeah, there's like no, there's no publicity like Shark Tank, Shark Tank publicity. <laughs> That's the truth. So what, um, like it, what happened right away?
1: So initially, I mean, we had like good sales from the show. That was kind of what we expected. What we didn't expect, um, was we got 20,000 new followers on Instagram that night. Wow. 20,000? Um, yeah, it was 20,000. It was incredible. And then we um, got 18,000 new followers um, on Facebook, a couple thousand new followers on Twitter, a bunch on Pinterest, all these subscribers to our newsletter. And so our sales were great. They weren't, I mean, they they were good. They weren't great. They weren't the best day I've ever had. But what we were able to do is like all those new followers, we were able to kind of put them right into our sales funnel. And because of that, we've been able to have, like our sales have been incredible this year and so we it was it was incredible it may, amazing in fact yeah
0: now, you are someone who I would consider does social media very well. I mean, when you, even on the show, Thank I mean, you. you talk about and and really leverage the audience, the community that you're talking to, and you're doing that, you're engaging them in very good ways, and you're able to kind of bring them in to your story, to your business, to, you know, this really cool thing that you've created. Um, what, I guess, you know, what are some strategies that you have used Um, either on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter or all three or what, what have you that have been really good for you, like have really made an impact on your bottom line, have really made an impact with how people engage.
1: So I'm just going to give you like three really good ones.
0: Go for it. if
1: people have these, then they'll be, they, they can really take what they're doing on social media to the next level. Um, the first one is is that you have to build a community. Like, these are not – some people call them fans, and that kind of makes me squeamy. Um, other, like, followers, um, and I think that's okay if, in, in, in reference to them in some situations, but my people that follow us on Instagram and on Facebook, they're part of our community. <clears throat> and, um, and you need to talk to them, like, they're your friends, Um, you need to talk to them like they are important. We've we've gone to great lengths. So we have a brand enthusiast program. And on Instagram, we have nine people. And on Facebook, we have two. And we're actually going to be adding, doubling that on Facebook here in a little bit. But what they do is like every comment, every question, every request does not go unanswered. Because you go to a page where there's like 230,000 followers and no one's talking back. To the community and we want people to feel like when they say something, we hear them. So we have, um, these brand enthusiasts that are in there commenting, talking, answering questions, um, putting out fires when they need to, and just making sure that everyone feels like they're hurt. Wow. Um, so that's, that's my number one tip is you, you got to create a community. And before them, I brought them on when I had like 40,000 followers on Instagram, um, before that, it was me, and it should be you. If you have less than $40,000, you should be in there. And I'm saying authentic, not bought, because you can buy $40,000. I'm saying right. authentic followers. You should be in there, you should be the one answering the questions, talking back to people, because it makes a huge impact. People know that you're in there, and you see what they say, and then people feel like they're being heard, which is we do. We hear them, you know.
0: The the, uh, brand enthusiasts that you have, are these people who are a part of your team or are these people who are part of the community who just love, you know, love your company? They're our super fans. Wow, very cool. I love that.
1: Um, And then they get compensated in product. Got it.
0: Great idea. And then
1: another another good tip is that...
0: um,
1: you need to create consistent content. And I know that people always say this, but this is for real. You, and we, 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 stru- we used to structure ours uh, a little differently, uh, but now we structure ours where we are um, doing an ask like every three posts to one ask. So that means that, like, we're trying to put out content, 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 ask. Content, 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 ask. So we're – and we're very consistent. So we post three to four times a day. We post at 10 in the morning. We post at noon. We post at 4. And sometimes we'll fit in an extra post in between those. Um, And so people know when our posts are coming. They know what to expect. They see them on there. And then we also have, like, weekly things. We do a kid of the week where we feature one of our customers and we talk about what that mom likes about the kid. Um, On Tuesdays, I do an entrepreneurial movement where I usually do a quote and some good advice – um, for entrepreneurs. Uh, we have a uh, woman crush Wednesday where we're talking about someone on our team that's a woman and we've just started that. So we're working our way through our team. Um, and we're putting out consistent, good quality content and that makes a big difference. And that also goes with my third tip, which is you need to have an editorial calendar for all social media.
0: So making sure all the content's going out, making sure you know exactly what's going out, when it's going out. Right. And within
1: our editorial calendar, every time we bring something on, like... For example, our spring line or our fall line is dropping it's starting to drop this week, and so then we create a co- like a marketing campaign around each thing, and we have deliverables and copy and making sure everything's tight and ready to go. and it's like a full-time job. I have two people on it full time.
0: Wow. What are the actual like business tools that you use to manage your editorial calendar and your whole like social media management? An Excel spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Hey, I got to find out, you know. That's great. <laughs>
1: um, you know, we have a designer that works on it um and she's just our in-house designer and we pull her on that for a lot of it. Um Facebook you're you're able to like do a lot of posts ahead, so that's helpful, but Instagram, you, there's no third-party app for it. You just got to do it.
0: Wow, that's great. Okay, so I want to move into what you have gone through a couple major phases meaning um you know like we had mentioned when you were on shark tank you were about 500 000. um you hit uh 1.2 million in revenues at the end of 2013 and you said this year you're really on track to go to 5 million so there's there's some major things that have been happening to really you know stoke that growth um what what are some of the things that have been happening that have really like turned the heat up for you
1: Shark Tank was one of the big ones. I know we already mentioned that, but that was really big for us. Um, we have never in the past been able to match the demand. That's always been our problem is capacity. And so we're really working hard on having all of our shop fully stocked and you know, introducing new product. Um, we have just, partner we were just picked up by Nordstrom so that's been really big for us and they're our first wholesale partner and um we're only adding a couple other ones by the end of the year but 100% like that's that probably makes up like 90 like 5% of it but the other part is social media
0: got it so that's really been we've been amping all that up
1: yeah I mean we just really tried to dial it in You know, like after every marketing campaign that we do on social media, we sit down and we have a meeting and we create a case study for what we did and we make sure that there's, you know, and we learn so much about what we did right, what we did wrong. And we just keep tightening the wheels and like putting more gas in and going as fast as we can, you know.
0: Susan, what have you learned like as a leader? You know, your team is now, um, you have 11 people who are part of your team full time. What have you learned as a leader going from hiring that really hard time of hiring your very first person and thankfully she was amazing to now 11 people on your team? What kind of leader are you and what lessons have you learned? Um, so
1: the lessons that I've learned is that number one, uh, it's not your first hire, but your first fire that makes you a business owner. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so we've had, I've had some bad hires, and I've had some that I, I should have seen coming, and I didn't, and I did it anyway. You know, we've all had that experience where we're like, oh, I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm really in the weeds, so I'm just going to do it, you know? And then I've also learned that for me, culture is way more important than any one person. And I will not sacrifice my culture to have anyone here. I will not do it. Um, And then I think that I'm a fair leader. um, And I, I don't know, like, I just try to, like, work really, really, really hard and be the hardest worker. And I also try to just be fair and nice. I try to provide a place for my employees to feel like they can make big mistakes and that we can all learn from them, but they better not make them twice.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Where do you really want this business to go? Like you're you're definitely hitting a really great momentum. You're like skyrocketing business. What's the big vision?
1: So right now we're trying to prove out a couple of different markets to see if they're gonna work with our business. We introduced handbags earlier this year and those have gone really, really well. Um, we're doing some apparel for the fall line and some more in the spring. And so we're just trying to, like, see if there's other markets we can add to it. Essentially, what Freshly Picked is and what it's always – like, I'm not in the shoe business, even though we sell moccasins. I'm in the memory business. And what Freshly Picked represents is it represents just time in your life that you can never get back, As a mother, you realize what a thief time is. And you look at your baby and you think, I'm going to remember everything about this. I'll never forget. And then a year later, you've forgotten everything because your baby has changed and grown so much. And we try to create a product that will not only last through that time of your child's life, but it will then tell a story about that time in your child's life. So I have my moccasins that my son wore when he started walking, and I will never give them up because they tell this beautiful story, and I can look at them, and I can see, like, this scuff mark, and I know that we were at the park and that he, like, ran into the wall, and then I can see, like, an ink mark where he got a hold of a pen, and they just, like, represent this magical time in my, in my life and in my child's life that I'll never get back, and no picture can tell that, but there's, there's like, this physical... Piece that we've tried to like. So with every part of moccasins, we're like, will this last? Will the mother be able to keep them? And they they do. And I hear from moms all over the world about how at the end, like there's this footprint in the bottom of the shoe, and that their baby's footprint. You know, and you never. Time is such a piece, and you can't ever get that time back. So we try to create this piece that will that will tell that story for you.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful. And you have worked your butt off all of these years to really bring that vision to life for every single one of your customers. You know, I can't yeah. help I can't help but feel like you really do a lot to try and better yourself all the time. I mean, from total hustler, you know, with $200 to start your company to now building up this 5 million and now beyond company, that really, truly has a vision. I mean, you have gone through so many phases of evolution as a businesswoman. What what are some of the major things that you've done just to make sure you are evolving and, you know, that have been really, really important for you?
1: So I'm, like, the schedule Nazi. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, when my kids were napped, when they napped, um, my sisters called me the napping Nazi, like, to my face, not even behind my back. Um, But I, I am in bed every night by 10. Sometimes I'm up later because I have to get some work done. Um, I'm up at 4.30 in the morning. I'm at the gym by five and that, um, I work out every day for at least an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. Um, Not every day, sorry, five days a week. And, um, That time for me is super precious. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. um, I meditate a lot. I know that sounds silly, but just like being there by myself, it's kind of the only time where people aren't asking anything of me. It's just me and my thoughts. Um, And then I'm at work by eight, at home by six most days. My husband might tell you that's wrong, but um, (laughs) I'm, and then I'm like school. Like homework and getting the kids in bed and 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 dinner and our family time and i I am super protective of my schedule, and I think that that's been um a really big a big thing for me because I thrive in a schedule, and as an entrepreneur, a lot of times you can't have a schedule, and so those are the things that I do um but I I love to read, and I'm always trying to read. And then I love talking to other entrepreneurs um, and finding out how they how they how they tick and um and just talking to people and figuring it all out. You know,
0: I love that. Well, Susan, we're going to end and get into our session of the favorite five. Are you ready for this? already all right okay now you might have mentioned some of these before but i'll give you the opportunity to just punctuate it what is your favorite business tool
1: um my favorite business tool is my
0: iphone your iphone all right many of us will identify with that um what about your favorite business book um gosh
1: it changes but i always go back to the emails
0: Yeah, I think that that's like part of the required reading for anyone who's who wants to own their own business. It's amazing. Um, Okay, how about your favorite mommy online resource? Mm, Mommy online
1: resource. I don't know
0: Instagram. Seriously, (laughs) right? Capturing those moments, right? Um, yeah. How about, as being mm-hmm. a very busy business owner and a very busy mom, how about a favorite date night for you and your husband?
1: It's so boring, but we always go out to dinner and then we go shopping. This last time <laughs> we
0: were here, which is, Where, it was so fun. What do you, are you shopping like for food? Are you grocery shopping? Are you like shopping for random stuff or what's the shopping
1: Sometimes we go grocery shopping, sometimes, but usually, um, we go like clothing shopping or, like I said last time we went and, um, looked at fridges at Sears, uh, we sometimes (laughs) go what we call dream driving and we just jump on Zillow and drive into our favorite neighborhoods and see what houses are up for sale and how much they cost and imagine if we lived there. Uh, but usually it's just, and I always try, I'm pretty good at it, um, to leave my phone in the car so that if there's emergency, we'll be aware of it, but that we're not at dinner on our phone. Because it's, it's hard. Like, it's easy to just do that. So that's kind of our favorite days. I
0: Food love and
1: then shopping.
0: I love that. Okay, and our last question is, what is your favorite way to spoil yourself?
1: <clears throat> A Sunday nap. <laughs>
0: I love that I really really love that well Susan I really want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time and for giving us a a really cool intimate view as to the insides of your business and how it's been growing and just big congratulations to you and thanks for being on the show
1: thank you so much for asking me this is really awesome
0: Wow was just totally mind-blown by that conversation So many great takeaways for me, but I think the one that really stuck the most was how much she um, protects her schedule and she is disciplined to her schedule and that that's how she is able to produce the results in her life and that's how she's able to really keep moving forward. I really love that. So man, disciplining with my schedule is a very, very hard thing for me in this day and age (laughs) and every day I try to do it better and um, I fail quite often, so Uh, But I'm trying every single day, so that's a good thing. Anyway, um, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, So many great things in there. And uh, what a trip that she has just built this business up so much. I have so much respect for her. So hope you really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode.